Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Did I ever tell you the time when I tied my shoelaces with just the power of my mind? Thought not. You know it's going to be a good morning, eh? The Lord's doing wonderful things. 2020 free. He's bringing freedom. And we just had a powerful time of training and equipping of a whole bunch of people in, um, in freedom encounters. And, um, you know, part of what was, was shared over the last couple of Sundays in terms of the opportunity for us as people in the family to have uh, sessions where we can invite the Holy Spirit to come and show us areas in our lives where we're not free and that those lies can actually be removed. We can come out of being sort of trapped and, and oppressed of the enemy and we can come into greater levels of freedom. This is good, yeah? And uh, so there's a whole army that's been equipped and raised up to, uh, to bring freedom. Yay! It's not just for a few people, it's for the body. Yeah, so we're, we're really excited about what the Lord's doing. I'll tell you what else I'm really excited about is the way in which the Lord is helping us get a better grasp and an understanding of walking in New Testament prophetic ministry. And I, I'm, I'm amazed at, as we're sort of going through a bunch of these things and we're recovering some of the ground which some people have, have had and held for decades and for other people is brand new and some are sort of somewhere in between all of that, that as we go and we revisit these things that the Lord is speaking fresh words in the middle of us processing this together. And he's bringing freedom from incorrect ways, patterns, maybe even like bad experiences that we've suffered in the past. He's helping us understand that we were in a wrong place at a wrong time and that that wrong experience doesn't define prophetic ministry. That we can actually grow up and we can step into a higher level of being a prophetic community. And that as we steward things well, he will entrust more to us. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a good time to say yes. That, <laughs> we're trusting the Lord that we're going to go from glory to glory. But we're also going to grow up and we're going to go to higher levels of maturity in the gifts of the Spirit. And in the prophetic understanding of what it is to be a people who hears his voice and then shares what he's saying to other people, that we do that with great diligence and accuracy, with a maturity 
that we're able to go deeper, further, higher in the purposes of God. That the level of our prophetic ministry as a company of people goes higher. Yeah? And so, you know, there's, there's, there's teaching, there's training, there's exercise, there's, there's stewarding, there's working with what God has given us so that we can grow our prophetic muscles. I thought you'd be a little more excited about this. Yeah? Come on, surely there's, there's a yearning inside of us because scripture said, eagerly desire these gifts, especially that you might prophesy. So then there's an eagerness in us to grow in this and to, to move to a greater ability to hear his voice more clearly and therefore to share what he's saying more accurately. Hmm. Thank you. I might even, yeah, okay. So, one of the things that we looked at last time, because we know from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 9, is that we know in part and we prophesy in part. Right? In other words, whatever you've got prophetically doesn't mean you've got the full picture. You might just have one piece of the puzzle. Therefore, we need to think very carefully and we need a way judge test which is the next chapter, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 29. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what he said. So even when prophets are going full tilt, there needs to be a weighing, judging and testing. And we also know from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 19, don't quench the spirit. And we say amen to that. All right. So we want more of the Holy Spirit in our gatherings. That's right, because we understood that this is about God. It's kind of like, yeah, we're God's people, meaning we want to have God encounters, meaning that we're really good with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and that when God the Holy Spirit shows up, He is God, and God the Holy Spirit is really amazing when he is amongst God's people. So do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the move of God among you. Yeah? That's kind of like what was happening this morning. Mm-hmm. Just let's create some more space. Let's create some room. Okay, God's doing something in the room. Okay, let's just carry on. Let's, you know, let's have a a little more extended time of, of being in his presence, worship. Mm-hmm. So we just like changed the way we were doing things on the fly. Yay! All right. So this is us as the people of God. We do not quench the spirit. Verse 20, do not treat prophecies with contempt. Yeah, in other words, we have a high value for the prophetic. What, what do we mean by the prophetic? Nope. No. No, that's not us.
No, we're naturally supernatural. And we're supernaturally natural. Yeah? And God can just speak. And He can use ordinary people. And we don't have to change any of our behaviors to try and demonstrate to other people that we're more spiritual or more holy. Like we don't have to suddenly switch to King James English when we want to prophesy. We don't have to suddenly get on an American accent like that's more anointed. It's like, come on, people. Let's just be normal as the Spirit rests not just upon us, but He's in us. That's the difference from Old Covenant thinking to New Testament understanding. Old Covenant, the Spirit came upon people New Testament, the Spirit is within us. All the time. Not just for special certain occasions, all the time He's with us. So we don't have to suddenly change and come on to some other kind of persona. Like, trying to behave here as I'm. Okay, so we treat it with value, a priority in our lives. Not with contempt. We don't just say, oh, well, you know, whatever. Been there, done that, you know. Yawn, yawn. No. It's eagerly desired. It's pressing in. And it's having a sense of value for the prophetic. What we understand by the prophetic is that God's a communicating God. And he's communicating with us. And we're just communicating that with other people. Simple definition of prophetic. Hearing him and just sharing with others. Come on. My sheep hear my voice. We're all in this together. I'll pour out my spirit on some flesh. And only a few will prophesy. Now I'll pour my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters. We're not confused about our gender. So we know we're either a son or a daughter. So we know we qualify. Yay. Come on. Don't treat prophecies with contempt. That's verse 20, verse 21. But test them all. Okay, so there's a testing. Right? Way judge. Okay? So that's what this is about. Test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. So when there's a, there's a prophetic in any kind of a flow, whether it's a scripture, whether it's a picture, whatever the kind of prophetic is, Hold on to the good and reject the rest. Like that's part of the weighing, judging, and testing. Okay? So how do we do that? I'm so glad you asked, and I'm so glad you came back to find out. Okay? First one, which we covered last week, is that you're checking it out with people that you're walking in a spiritual relationship in terms of leadership. We're checking it out with our community connect group leader. We're not checking it out with somebody that we walked with 20 years ago. It's kind of like, no, where has God placed you? Where is the place of your accountability and your submission? That would be with your community connect group leader. Current one. You tracking? Yeah? Do I have to go back and do this again? 
No, okay, all right. Okay, so we have people in our lives, trusted shepherds, and they're watching over us. They give an account, and we're saying, listen, hey, somebody gave me this word. What do you think? Because they know us, and they've got best interest of our lives in mind and in heart. They're going to help us to discern, is that word really for you? Mm Mm-hmm. They're going to help you understand. A chap by the name of John Bevere wrote a book some years ago. It was called, Thus Saith the Lord? And one of the things that he was pointing to was that sometimes people pick up on the person's own spirit. And they prophesy back to the person the very desire that's on their heart. They're not tuning into Holy Spirit and giving a word from Holy Spirit. They're tuning into that person's spirit and prophesying back to the person the very thing that they're wanting. So it almost becomes like a self-fulfilling prophetic like feedback loop. And so sometimes the people who are walking with you and they know all your stuff... Because you love them and you trust them and they, they love you and they want to help you get through your stuff. And when a prophetic word comes, it's just reinf- reinforcing that you stay in your stuff. They will say, I don't think that's a word. Because they know you and they're objective. And they help to take a little bit of a step away from your emotional in- attachment to your stuff. So instead of reinforcing the issue, they're helping you to divorce from your issue. I said, no, I don't think that's a word. Because, you know, we've got blind spots. Okay, you don't, but some of us have got blind spots. And we need other people who say, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing something over here on the side and you're about to crash into it. And so if you do veer to the right, as that word says you should veer to the right, you're going to crash into something. It's not going to be good for you. But I mean, listen, hey, it's your life. If you want to crash, because we don't control. Yeah? Okay. Can we move on? Okay, that was all last week. Yay. Yay. How about another way in which we can weigh, judge, test? Is that prophetic words must align with the word of God. All right? And um, let's go back and have a quick look at Hebrews 13 and verse 7. So remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Oh, here we've got this thing of leaders again. And we've got they speak what? The word of God. That's interesting. So this word, speaking the word of God. So there's an alignment with the word. What they're speaking in terms of directing, helping you, discipling your life. It's in accordance with the word. 
Yep. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Okay? In other words, that even within the body of Christ, people can take the word and misuse it. So when we say, listen, a prophetic word must align with the word, hey, people trusted in your lives, your leaders, they're going to help you so that you don't use the word incorrectly. Because there are, there's the ability to be carried away with all kinds of strange teachings. Mm-hmm. This, oh gosh, Daryl, can we fix the clock? I think in that little electronic dip this morning, something changed and the clock was accelerated by some strange way. You see, we've got, we've got people who are... A, fun, a theological grid is super important. So when we talk about prophetic words must align with the word of God, the way in which we are approaching the word comes through a theological grid. The way in which we see and interpret and we add scripture to scripture is super important. And so if I've, if I've got a grid that says, you know what, the Lord says, you know, you must go and see what's written on your scroll because he's got this and this and this for you. And, you know, the reason that things are not working out is because you've got something in your past and you need to sort it out. Just want to share that word with you. It's kind of like, well, let's just think about that a little bit. Because that whole system about, hey, I must go and check what's in the scroll comes from a theological grid that says you existed eternally in eternity past and you were sitting in the councils of God and you agreed as you counseled God and you then agreed and you wrote a scroll in eternity past waiting for one day when you would find a human body and you would be birthed on earth, and then your job was to figure out what was on the scroll so you could live it out. Okay? And, you know, probably in the top ten books at the local Christian bookstore is all this particular stuff. All right? So I'm not just like this is some, only a couple of people are doing it. No, unfortunately, there are millions of people doing it, but it's based on a theological heresy. You see, we don't pre-exist. You came into existence at conception. You didn't pre-exist for eternity past. So the whole system theologically is based on heresy. So if somebody comes and says to me, listen, you know, you must go up into the courts and sort all this stuff out. It's kind of like, 
the whole premise of that word is based on a false theology. Does it make sense? Well, for some people it doesn't. But anyway. So, you know, when we say that the, the, the prophetic word must align with the word, everyone, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But how do we actually do that? That's tricky. Right? Especially if the word is, you know, everything I always wanted to hear. The Lord says, I'm bringing you a new car. And the Lord says, I'm going to add zeros to your bank balance. Well, the zeros only count if there's a one in front of it. If you've got zero and you just add more zeros, that's, that's not a good word. Yeah. Yeah. You see, it's not just, hey, the thing is puffing me up or whatever it might be. But it's like, is it going to cause me to go in a particular direction that's going to distract me from God's purpose for me? Why do we need to weigh, judge, test? Well, it's possible that we could be deceived and we could go after strange teachings. We could go after strange things. That's why we need to weigh, judge, and test. This is not just about what happened in biblical times. This is happening in the life of those who walk with Jesus. Parables is good seed and then... Hey, somebody came in through some weed seed. Like, hey, how can we tell? You know, so there needs to be the, the discerning, the, the, the judging. How about this in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14 through 16? Talking about, you know, the whole thing of apostles and prophets, teachers, evangelists, and, and, and. To equip the saints, verse 14, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. What? This is the body of Christ. Yeah? Then we will no longer be infants being tossed about. In other words, we've got to grow up. Growing up is not easy. Blown here and there. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Again, this whole thing, the concept 14 through verse 16 don't get tossed around, connected to the body. 
See that? This thing of, of weighing, judge, testing is in the context of the body. Prophetic ministry, the gifts, in the context of the family, the body. It's not just me on my own just getting a word. It's in the context of the body. And you, it'll help you from being tossed around and blown around. It's kind of because your brothers and sisters know you. It's like, who do you think you are? When we think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Similarly, who do you think you are when you think more lowly of yourself than you ought? They're there to say, no, no, you're a, you're a victorious champion. No, you're not defeated. You're not useless. You're worth something. And it takes your brothers and sisters to say, stop that rotten thinking. Mm-hmm. So it works both ways. Come on, when you're down, you need your brothers and your sisters to encourage you. You're going through some tough times. It's called inflation, potholes, load shedding, water shedding, every other kind of shedding. It takes the body to encourage, strengthen one another. Yeah? Yeah? So figuring out what is deception, what is like the craftiness of people being blown about, the word, we don't interpret the word in isolation, we interpret it in a corporate setting. Well, I read the scripture and it says that, okay, how about we submit to one another? Like, did I really get it right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, I've got to finish this point. Can I have a couple of minutes? When we interpret scripture, we, we, we want to go for orthodox interpretation of the scriptures. Jesus has been building his church for over 2,000 years. For us to think that the people who lived for the previous 1,900 years were a bunch of idiots, actually is pointing a finger at Jesus and saying, Jesus, you weren't building properly for 1,900 years, but we know better than them. It's arrogance, and it's dismissive of what the Holy Spirit's been doing in all these years. The Lord has works through the church fathers. He's always had a remnant, And he's been working. And so for us to say, listen, we have got the revelation. Everybody else was wrong, but now we know what's going on. Dangerous ground. So we hold to orthodox interpretation of the scriptures. Yay? We understand that scripture interprets scripture. Meaning you don't take one verse in isolation and run off and say, well, you know, I had this special revelation. Which leads me to the next thing. Our revelation is always submitted to the previous revelation in the scriptures. Meaning. Oh, I had a dream last week. And the Lord took me to the Garden of Eden. And I was there, and God showed me actually what happened 
in the Garden of Eden. So because I now had this, this revelation from God himself, I now am able to reinterpret what happened in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. No ways. No ways. My revelation is always submitted to orthodox interpretation and scripture and scripture. It's the, it's the witness of two or three a matter is established. And the revelation that I have personally is always submitted to the high revelation of the word. So I don't, I don't take my personal view, my personal revelation, and put it above what Scripture says. I don't reinterpret the word based on my subjective experience. Moi. If I had time, I would have taken you to John chapter 16. So we've got this saying. He's bigger than the book, but he's consistent with the book. John chapter 16. Jesus said, it's really good that I go away, because when I go away, the advocate will come. He will lead you into all truth. He goes on to say in that passage, there's so much more I would like to say to you. I want to share. I want to reveal. I have much more. But you are not ready for it at the moment. But when he comes, the spirit will lead you into truth. In other words, there's more truth that God is wanting to give to his people. That's why we say he's bigger than the book. Because he said, I've got more to give you. There's more than what is in the book. Understand? However, it will always be consistent with what he has revealed previously. So we're not into aliens. Oh, I had this revelation, you know. We're going to be going from planet to planet because he's given us the universe. And so we're interacting now with the aliens because God's revealed to me, you know, because these will lead us into more. And so the more is that we're now interacting with aliens. You think I'm making this up? No, somebody else has already made this up. And they're teaching this stuff. And charismatic people who are hungry for more of God are getting sucked into this nonsense. It's not consistent with the rest of Scripture. His eye is on earth. It's a new heaven and a new...
must be consistent. It's got to be consistent with the nature of what he's revealed. He'll add things, but it will be consistent. Next week we'll tackle a few more. Sorry, this is going really slowly. But I mean, we are unpicking so many things that are just like... I mean, this is low elementary. We know this from, you know, when we do prophetic courses. We know this is absolutely basic elementary. But how is it that so many people who are hungry for more of God step into this nonsense? I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, it popped up on my jolly YouTube feed last night. And I don't even follow that oak. I'm not interested in Enoch. Enough. We must go. Will you want to sit or stand for prayer? Lord, we really want to grow. We want more. We want to do it well. We're asking, Lord, help us to grow. I'm asking, Lord, the stuff that was of John and nonsense this morning, just cause it to come to nothing. But the truth, the the things that you're wanting us to do and to hold on to and to put into practice, Holy Spirit, help. Amen. Bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace and serve the Lord with gladness.